Welcome to the Nine Bro Podcast, where we tackle daily life challenges and apply God's word to illuminate and preserve his truth while leading others to salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's join your hosts. Welcome to the Nabra Podcast with Jeff Anthony and my brother, Clint Walker. Hey, man, how's it going? Doing good. Doing all right, doing all right. Yeah. Good to see Sean again. Yeah, yeah, something came up. Um, I know that before we left the the building, we're like, hey, we're going to be back and we'll be ready. Well, of course, God has other plans. So I know that he's out doing God's work. So yeah. uh, I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> but, <laughs> It's easier when we're a captive. When when you when you have us here, don't let us go. Exactly. Once we're let free. Exactly. We missed miss the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we definitely wanted to get something out. So, um, once again, I don't want to jump into what Sean is teaching in class, uh, even though it's a really good one. Um, I figure we can do a short podcast, um, and what people other than us think is short. So we put a, uh, what? Let's see a 40 minute block together to put this on there. I was really surprised we got it done last week yeah. under that hour. Yeah. I know you were kind of like, Hey, we're just going to pause it and come back. But I was like, now nah, we'll just, we we'll buttoned just, it up. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're definitely going to try to get it done in the same time period now. So, uh, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was January 10th. I emailed you a, uh, a link from YouTube. I also put this in the group me message for the young adults class. And I thought it was just uh, amazing. Um, it's by Paul Harvey. And Paul Harvey was known for a specific radio show called, do you know what it was called? The actual radio show? Mm-hmm. No, I just know he's the famous for now the rest of the story. And that's the, the, that's the name of the show? That's the name of the show. The rest of the story by Paul Harvey. So in 1965, we got a, a transcript here so we can we can do it. One of his shows is If I Were the Devil. And uh, my initial reactions to that was like, wow, that, that's really crazy. Spot on. Mm-hmm. It made me go back to George Orwell's uh, 1984, right? These are, mm-hmm. I mean, 1984 was written, what, in the early or late 1800s, early 1900s. John would know that better than Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, way, way before the time um, that it came into existence and how spot on it is to current day now, um, 2024, you know, and, uh, short speak, when we think about, um, text messages, it's very short, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, the power of the camera having, um, control of everyone. Like I know what you're doing. There's not Mm -hmm. a constant privacy at all. So, yeah. Uh, but I wanted to do a reaction, um, podcast to, to this. So, uh, in the, the post edit, I'm going to go ahead and actually play the audio clips together. And uh, we'll break it down and go from there. So we'll be right back. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me. Our Father, 
which are in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flame. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young athletes, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, You'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and be a science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get old states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases of which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. All right, let's go ahead and let's uh, jump into it now. So um, you have such a better reading voice than I do. Um, let's kind of start with the the first part of I Were the Devil. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four four-fifths of its population but I wouldn't be happy until I seize the ripest apple of the tree. The. Mm. So you. So I'd be, I'd, I'd set out, set, I would set about, however, necessarily, necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers, with the wisdom of a serpent. I would whisper, to you as I whisper to Eve, do as you please. Mm, let's go ahead and let's stop there. The whispers amongst the church. Um, yeah, I think there's plenty of that going on, right? Uh, let's look at uh, one whisper um, we'll, we'll throw out there, and we'll try to keep it within like a 10-minute window. Um, will be that we are the church and you're not the church. Mm. Yeah. If you don't follow us, you're going to hell. Yeah. I think that's one whisper. Another whisper might be, um, I just don't like the way you're doing things. I I, I want I like things the way that I like them done. Mm. I mean, Hut kind of talked about it today, yeah. saying, like, we had these elders 
we may not agree with what they say, but there, there are shepherds. So the whisper is like, well, I don't like you, so I'm going to try to get you out of this position or I want someone in that position that's going to think the way I think so that I have a powerful voice behind me. Yeah, uh, We have to remove our preferences, right? <clears throat> I thought I thought that was really good today. Uh, not too many people said amen after that, you know. Uh, I did. I, sh- I, I just did my little nod like, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, and what does that look like, your preferences, right? We can look at like, well, um, I don't like acapella. I need music. Mm. I can't worship here because I don't feel, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Right. I think about that. Even with myself, I always felt like, uh, <laughs> like I didn't need the body. Mm. Like I'm my own, I'm my own person. I don't need another human to tell me what to do. I can just go to God's Bible and that's all I need. Right. And we had such a great example, um, last night, you know, when we all gathered to, uh, to celebrate Edith, you know, it was such a moving thing to understand how God's body works to show God's love to somebody. And I mean, if we were, if, if we think here, and uh, I don't want to spoil what's coming up because even though we heard it, and the amount of hurt that happens in the church, you know, that people are like, why they say, I'm not a Christian or I'm not a Christian, I'm not religious, mm. I'm just spiritual. Mm-hmm. I think the devil works fantastic he's like Harry you're absolutely right you're spiritual you're my spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah yeah how about uh progressive progressive Christianity um mm-hmm. would those be whispers uh, as well right uh, if we think of the whisper that he gave to Eve do as you please progressive Christianity kind of really floats along that lines I mean like like the scriptures need to change with the times sort of thing yeah 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 you know a lot of it like, oh, that's, I'll use a, a big one, Brandon Robinson and a few members of his crew there, you know, that say homosexuality wasn't a word back then. Hmm. You know, that's not what he meant. He he took two words and created a new one, but he was confused of what he was saying. <laughs> right. And hmm. so now you're confused. Uh, versus going like, well, okay, well, let's go through Leviticus law and let's go through Deuteronomy. And uh, a man shall not sleep with another man. That's that's imagine, yeah. Imagine I lay with another man as with a woman, yeah, for it's an abomination. Yeah, the word homosexual is not there, right? But it's pretty yeah, clear, don't even doubt, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, also, you know, what they do is like pray, pray to God, He'll give you what you want if you pray hard enough, uh, because God's here to um, give you what you want, um. Joyce Meyer believes in the receipt, right? You deposit something to God, he's going to give you a receipt that you can claim Hmm. for later. Basically, um, uh, what do they call them? IOUs, Hmm. you know? Is it like the wealth, um, wealth gospel or something like that? Uh, Prosperity and wealth. Prosperity, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, which, you know, if, if you're actually in God's word, their prosperity here on earth is not promised to us at all. Everything, right? Our treasures are built up in heaven. You know what I mean? So yeah. I opened the blinds. So the room just went dark per se, and I knew it was going to happen because we're over here in this corner where they usually put me when I when I talk too much. Um, but uh, I opened the blinds, so it's not totally. Yeah, we're right. allowing the light to come into the darkness. I I, I like it. It's good, yeah. right? Because he's talking about uh, I would just put the 
the world into darkness. Not today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, whispers. Uh, I think that's really good. Uh, I, I love how Par Har Paul Harvey and his crew put this together and how they tie everything uh, to the the beginning. Mm -hmm. Right, the first sin was what? I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? Was it original it, sin, or maybe uh, it was on Saturdays? Yeah, ego. Yeah, yeah. The fir first sin was pride. Uh, the devil wanted to be either like God or above Him, right? Yeah, and uh, he got casted out of heaven. And you know, on here he talked about taking one thirds of the population with him. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I love how they tie it back uh, to to Genesis. I know we we learn more about that. I believe it's in uh, Ezekiel, right? The more about the fall. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. But at the end of the day, when he goes and tells Eve, you know, it's like, you can be like God and know as much as he knows. And I think we tend to do that today, too. Um, all of us is that we tend to think um, we we can do something without God. Right. And that's where our ego comes into play, which ego is an acronym for Tina. No, I do not. Or I did at one point and I forgot it. Easing God out. Hmm. Okay. I don't need you. I can do that <laughs> yeah. on my own. Yeah, for sure. So, well, an another whisper that's kind of floating around. It may not be in the church, but it is in the secular. But um, I had the word just then, um, talking about it's flipping good and bad. It's saying like the actual um, the good guy in the Bible was the devil. He was trying to give man knowledge. Humanist. Yeah, there's another one. It's not, now I want to say stoicism. It's not that. It's the, um, Shawano, if he's sitting right here. Yeah, Shawano. It's, it's the one, anyway, gosh, it was literally in my head. It'll, no. it'll come back to you. But, um, yeah, they, they, they twist the Bible, like, quite literally upside, they twist it upside down, and um, they view the devil as the true God, and that God and has twisted kind of like creation, like everything to make it look like he is the creator, he is the God, but he was keeping us in like a prison. And then the devil gave us knowledge. The devil gave us all these nice things that God didn't want us to have. So we kind of broke out of that prison, but we have to escape this reality because God wants us to keep just being his kind of slave. And so it's just the exact opposite. Yeah. I think that plays into later on, uh, what comes up here where, where we, where we're taking God's word out and implying our own theology into something. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it's funny as we're going through this, we're pointing out things that he's, he, he said in this video, right. That we're going to get to, but it all starts with that whisper and, uh, do as you please. So, uh, I'll read the the next one there just to kind of okay. <clears throat> we'll we'll rotate there. So we left off with "Do as you please." To the young, I whispered that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confine that it, or, or yeah, confide that's what bad. I would confide what's bad is good. And what is good is square. And the old I would teach uh, to pray after me, our Father, which are in Washington. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. That's that's big right now. I mean, that's been big for like I think the past twenty years. So I don't know, but well, I, we well, put a lot of faith that. in those in those people in in Washington. For yeah, sure. I mean, Reagan said it best, right? If you ever hear the government's here to help you, run, <laughs> right? And so I think that's I think there there is things that the government provides that is necessary, but when we start. Um, I think we've talked about it here as well. So if not, forgive me, but um, we were talking about CRT, right? Critical race theory. And I kind of brought up an example of like white privilege. And I, and I used the town that I grew up in. Uh, really, the, the population, 90% of the population was in pro- poverty. There were, poverty has no fabric of racism whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't discriminate yeah. whatsoever. And uh, I remember um, IBM, IBM was giving out uh, computers to take home, and then you can do, like, connect it to your TV through, like, a coaxial cord, and um, it was in these big orange boxes. Um, and in, in, in my neighborhood, I mean, everyone that was not white got one. Huh. So the white guy... The white guy didn't. The poor whites did not get. Correct. Right. And but yet, um, that they have white privilege. They have an, they have an ability to, to, to be like, hey, because you're white, you don't need this. We're just gonna give you the job. Like looking at it back now, like you don't need this. You should know this. But to me, it, it was just recently that it came to like, wow, like that's crazy. Just because I'm Hispanic, brown of color, you're gonna give me this computer versus my neighbor who who's probably just as poor as I am. I'm pretty sure he was and probably could have used it just as like it like I needed, but it was like, yeah, no, you're you're white, you're privileged. And this is 19 1988, 89. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been around. It's the you know, this idea that uh, of white privilege and kind of separating um, and a lot of it has to do with the government kind of stepping in and being like, hey, um, which is weird, you know. I'm trying to think. Reagan was president. Now, who's president back then? Bush. Bush was president back there. And uh, Herbert Bach Sr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, was his uh, Congress Republican or was it um, Democratic? But I, I don't think until Clinton got in did really the, the separation come into play with the split between Republicans and Democrats. As far as my knowledge and my age, right, that I really saw it like, wow, there's a, there is a, a divide. big divide. Yeah. I mean, there you can go back in historical things. I mean, there's always, I mean, I forget what it was. It was, it was talking about these, these two candidates. I want to say it was Roosevelt against somebody else. The things that they were saying about each other, like if, if this guy gets an office, just the most profane things are going to happen. Like, so I mean, it, it's kind of always been there, and I think it's. it's I think it's, this is my point of view that it's a part of the devil's plan is to keep us divided. Yeah. We fight, we pick our side, and we hear their talking points and all we do is keep reciting them so that the the one who's in Washington we're just always looking to our side instead of God who has no side other than good and evil 
But when you're on Republican-Democrat sides, that line is blurred on what's good and evil. If your side's doing it, oh, it's good. It's the other side, it's evil. Both sides are equally bad. Absolutely. And equally as in good, right? It just, it's perception at that point. And, you know, all I got to say, I'm still waiting on my free cell service and cell phone from... Uh, Obama? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I need some of that. My my uh, Verizon plan gets pretty expensive with the amount of data I use. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, the other the other thing I I saw there is um, to the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I think that's very strong right now, you know. But um, when we did apologetics, right, and I think this is important for for those who are listening. If you believe in God, you're a firm believer in Christ and you believe he's God. When someone comes up to you and tells you what you believe in is a myth, it's super important that they that you understand that they bear the responsibility to prove that. You you don't bear any responsibility in trying to prove it. That's it. Why? What what, what evidence do you have that it's a myth? Yeah. Just yeah. He's oh. ask these questions if cuz more than li- more than likely, it's a talking point that they've heard. Exactly. And oh yeah, so many uh, contradictions. There's so many. Yeah, it's a myth. Like what? It's just the same as all these other myths and in, in history, all these other gods. Yeah, exactly. So you know, um, they're like today, right? Um, sheep sheep know the voice of their shepherd, right? And the question is, who's their shepherd? Is it going to be Christ or is it going to be actually the the goat, right? The the devil. So the Baphomet, yeah. Yep. So you know those those are things, but it's it's important to know that now if you if you're still not in full belief and you're like I just don't know, there is so many non-religion religious people out there who can prove a lot of what the Bible says. Yeah. That they don't have any stake in the game of your faith. Yeah. But they can be like, hey. This actually happened. Mm-hmm. You know, this actually happened. The the only thing that, as of right now, we don't have, um, other than faith, right, is um, the resurrection. Mm. Right? Even Paul talks about that. Right? He's like, if the resurrection didn't happen, you know, we are the ones to be most pitied. Absolutely. Because that's the rock of our foundation. But then why did all those, all the disciples... And die horrible deaths to to defend a lie that just never happens, right? Well, they like to use the well, you know, the Muslims do it now. They are dying for I don't believe something. Think they don't they don't think it's a lie though. They think it's truth, but the, but those men lived and they saw Jesus, and so they would have known firsthand if it was a lie. You can be deceived into believing something's the truth and still die for that. Now. If, if your heart, heart that that's God, God to decide your heart, but I mean, no man will truly die for a lie if he knows it in his heart is a lie. But uh, didn't they give a bunch of fame and riches? <laughs> when <laughs> now going to the battle? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna get a horrible death. Oh no, hell. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, but. That's what I'm saying. When you start breaking down those evidences into the blurring, bl- uh, blurring glimpse of the obvious, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, and like, you know, I share like sometimes when 
you know, whether it's the Holy Spirit or a messenger that comes to me and tells me something that's so profound that is so simple. Like, oh, oh. yeah, duh. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but the God is truth and uh, his, what he says is actual truth. And we just, once again, just kind of referring to today's, today's sermon. But like, I, but I think uh, what it's getting to is that the, the devil would use this as a tactic to make yeah. people believe it's a myth. So the fact that we're talking about it and we have to bring up apologetics and all this means that this tactic is working. Mm-hmm. It is in use. Back when Paul Harvey was talking, I mean, how many people went to church on a Sunday? Almost the entire population. Yeah. I mean, when, when was this video? When, when did he? 1944, 1968. I right. would say, I'm going I'm to guess, 60% of the U.S. probably went to church, maybe even more. Now, what is it? 40%, 30%? I don't oh, know. Oh, it, it's 1965 is yeah. when this happened. Yeah. And we were a... For for name at least a Christian nation, yeah, back in 1965. Mm-hmm. So it it so just the fact. I mean, the tactic is working. These these are the things that this is what he would do if he was the devil. And so, yeah, and and I think that's why when I sent it to you, I was like, holy smokes, man! Like, yeah. this is 1965, and the guy is pretty spot on on what the world has turned into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, but. The devil's been around a lot longer since 1965. Oh, yeah. You're right. He's the long con. He's the long con. Yeah. He's slow playing it. He uses people, and he knows that every lifetime is so short, but his his existence almost seems infinite compared to humans. But he, he's finite as well. Yes. And he will get his, yes, his due. Amen. Now, um, you know, what good, what bad is good, and what good is square. That, that, that's that's a link. That's lingo from his time. Square meant hey, yeah. You were you were lame. You're lame. Yeah. Right. And the, you square. Well, you we think about when people are like, dude, that's bad. Like, mm-hmm. And we're not saying like, oh, that's horrible. Like, dude, that's that's super cool. Nice. Yeah. It's, dude, that's fresh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Now you're doing our lingo. Yeah. Like the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's coming around in retro. Fresh. Okay. Yeah. Fresh is out there. Sick. Yeah, sick is definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, let me read the, the next one. And then I would get organized and I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threat, threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could, and I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I tranquilized the rest with pills. Huge opioid problem going on right now in, in the country, right? Uh, yeah. And I mean, I, these feeds come probably because like what I'm watching, but I see these videos from like San Francisco, Philadelphia. Portland, Miami, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I mean just streets riddled with people mm. on the on whatever drug they're on, right? I, like um, I, I don't know what it's called, but they like fentanyl, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I mean they're just in this zombie state. Yeah. And I mean it's like The Walking Dead. Yeah, but um, he's talking about I mean alcohol. Mm-hmm. I mean 
you can have your own point of view on whether or not, hey, having a couple of drinks is fine or not, but we have normalized being blackout drunk every weekend. Society has. Yeah. To where that's that's the goal. You work on the week, you get drunk on the weekend. Every day, Friday, Saturday, and then you're trying to recoup for on Sunday to get back to work on Monday. But that you live in some kind of stupor and it's fun. And you laugh about the stories that you did, what kind of fool you made of yourself. And it, these are for ladies and gentlemen of distinction. So these like the highest levels. Yep. CEOs of companies are doing this. Like back in the day, I mean, they were doing it probably like behind closed doors. And now it's like, it's going it's it's glamorized yeah yeah now now the world's so perverse that it comes out and it's like dude that's awesome that's the lifestyle i want i'll give you a great example um uh andrew tate right this guy was a christian follower went to muslim but what he talks about is trying to bring back masculine masculinity right and that how to how to control women how to control weaker men and this is what you need to look at and he talks about like manipulation and you know and he's always has a drink has a cigar you know has this look like it's cool you know i think about uh myself when we used to see magazines back in the day right the coolest ads were what the alcohol cigarette oh yeah cigarette ads were Dude, they, notch. They, they, were, they were like this rugged cowboy yeah. i mean he could take on the world yep. he, he could fight anybody I'll give you the biggest narcotics that's 100% legal, and it's the worst. It's the worst one you can, and I say this for myself, okay? It's the worst one, and the only habit I haven't kicked. Sugar. Sugar. I mean, you wouldn't even consider that a drug. It is when you you, yeah. you need it, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have crashes from sugar, Right. So it's affecting your body in such ways and not just like your your thought process, but think about what sugar does to your whole entire body. Right. And uh, I mean, the battles that you have um, to try to get into shape and so forth. It's amazing when you get rid of sugar, how your body responds. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's peddled out tremendously. If you were to ever look at the products that you buy for consumption, you're going to see how much sugar is in there. Um, it's crazy. Like, you know, at, I've been shameless about, um, my past addictions, right. To heroin, cocaine and those natures. It's amazing. By God's grace, I was able to kick those habits, like without having withdrawals. Mm. When it comes wow. to sugar, it's a whole different thing. It, it's the, it's the drug that you, you have when it's almost as soon as you're born, mm. like certain formulas, like yeah. baby formulas have sugar in it. And like, then the parent, like some parents are like immediately giving their kids sugar. Yeah. And then the, and then the kid doesn't desire anything else other than that. And they're screaming and crying because they yeah. can't get the sugar or the juice, whatever it is. Yeah. If you look at milk in general, right after they're about one years old, they can start drinking whole milk. Dude, whole milk has tons of sugar yeah. in it. Yeah. I, I, we, I we, 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 we can make a, some, we could make a, our own division line on saying, oh, mother's milk is best. And other would say, well, the, the formulas are good as well. So I don't think we need to get that deep, but oh, yes. No, no. I, I, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm just, but I'm saying do you and everything. We're, we're not trying to shame any mom or anything like that. I don't know. But sugar's there. Sugar's there from day one. And yeah, to kick it, 
to be done with it is is almost near impossible. Yeah, I mean, look at the aliens when they come down. They're always asking for sugar water. <laughs> sugar, sugar water. Yeah, yeah. It's a, if you don't know that reference, that's uh, Men in Black. <laughs> the original Men in Black. All right, I'll read the next one. Thank you. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families that war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with the promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run, just let those run wild until before you knew it, you'd have to, you'd have a drug sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Wow. <laughs> yeah. War, so I, I think the easiest way to war against ourselves is just a, a choice, A and B. And you make this kind of choice, a line in the sand to where you have to choose A or B. And now all of a sudden you're dividing a church, you're dividing a family, you're dividing a country. And that, that, that's what, that's what kills us. Because I, I don't know if I've said it before, but if, if you could get together Republicans, Democrats, just all these different people from all the different sections of life that would be against each other on any normal case, bring them into a room, just allow them to talk for a while without their talking points. Just talk about life and don't bring up certain things that I think they you would see we have a lot more in common as just a human race and as people that were created by God. We really want to love each other. I think we do at some kind of core level. We want community. We want this. And so the devil knows that. And he knows he has to destroy that community. He can't allow anything to flourish. He can't allow this new friendship to sprout. And then for them to say, well, we do have this difference, but man, we're really good friends. And we can let that kind of sit to the side. I don't need to destroy my friendship with you because of that. No, the devil's like, no. This thing that you're worried about, choice A, you like Coke, he likes Pepsi. Y'all got to fight about it. And y'all got to end this relationship because you can't, you can't live with him. Sam's Club or Costco. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely right. Um, you know, and there's a lot we can do to, you know, the Beatitudes, the words from, from God himself, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. Right, not the peacekeeper, but the actual peacemaker. Mm. Right, and um, because there's, there's what what's the difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper? I would say the maker is going out above and beyond to try to um, to create an environment of peace instead of like an enforcer, like because police officers are peacekeepers, right? Mm -hmm. And they're willing to actually bring like bodily harm to someone to keep the peace. A peacemaker is like, I'm not, no, I'm not going to be doing any of that. I'm, I'm going to make peace. I'm going to do my best to bring people together. They're going to do the hard stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're willing to step into the hard stuff to, to find resolution, to find peace. And, um, and so a couple of things that, 
uh, churches do, um, or even just um, those who love God so much, they go find and relationships with people that may not be in the same building that they're at, but they find commonality in Christ and they talk about it every Saturday at 7 a.m. Old house, or old pancake house, old South pancake house. On Saturday mornings, on Saturday mornings, seven a.m. Uh, right, but it's a not like left not, when you come in the door. Exactly, a back room. <clears throat> but you know, it is an example. Uh, there's many people doing it, and actually, it's been growing. Not in our our little group, but we're seeing a lot more people show up for Bible studies in that building there. And you know, oh, wow. it's such an encouragement to see people boldly now. I'm not, I'm not going to be blind to that. We are in the Bible Belt. So yeah, it, correct. But still, people are wearing to put a notch in that in that belt publicly, you know. Mm -hmm. what I mean? So but it's great to see to see, to see people show up. But it, for an example, the 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 Saturday morning group that I attend, you know, we have people of other denominations showing up because it's 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 all about Christ. It's not about our doctrine. Right? We can all right, cool, man. That that's what you that's what your doctrine says. That that's fine. But let's just go to what the actual word is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and and elevate that, you know. So, uh, I know, like myself, I, I I love everyone. I ask questions, hard questions, to be like, okay, I need to comprehend what your thought point is on that, and what does God's actual scripture say to that, you know? And there's times that they'll they'll say something like, wow, that's something that I just didn't see, and actually, I see how Scripture does verify what you're saying. Absolutely, you know, yeah. and so it, and that's what we should be doing: is uh, mm -hmm. iron sharpening iron. Sure. So, but we're saying the, so all those things that divide the media, they make their money on selling bad news. Oh yeah. So, so they hear these divisions, they hear these fights, they want to fan the flames, right? They want they they're going to bring the 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 jug of gasoline and throw it on there to make sure it's satiable, like insatiable. It's kind of like in high school, right? If you, if you see two people that are getting ready to, yes, fight, then you just hear, do you hear what he said about your mama? And the other person didn't even say nothing. Stirring the pot. What'd you say about my mama? <laughs> Stirring the pot. Yeah, absolutely. And they give them the push, right? Mm -hmm. Here you go. Fan, gas, fan in the flame. Exactly. Putting gas on, on the flame there to, to do it. But, you know, we're lucky enough that God has opened our hearts and our eyes and our ears to to know better, right? To know better and to want to do better. When we find ourselves that we want to war with other churches, I think that's something we definitely have to look at. I know we're getting ready to uh, to uh, to end the podcast here. We're actually towards the end here. So, um, but the the main focus is no matter what the media has out there and if we're really following christ we can love people see where they're at we don't have to uh confirm what they're they're believing if they're in in denial and and wanting to change for christ but we should not be ones to be like i'm going to use apologetics to beat you down and make you so small i Let's remove, yeah. Let's move, remove apologetics. I just know more than you do, and you're just a baby Christian, so you need to listen to me. Oh, right. Pride again. Yes, absolutely. When we start hearing those voices, that's 
when we know we're in trouble and we need to get on our hands and and knees and pray for the spirit to come yeah. and, and teach us. You got a different spirit yeah. on your shoulders. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to we're going to get towards the end here because uh, this is this is part 1. We'll come back and do a part 2. Yes. You know what? Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, we can have uh Sean um join hopefully next week. Hopefully next week he'll join us that we can jump into here because I think there is a lot to to break down here. So um but we're going to go ahead and uh we'll stop here. But I want you guys to go go and think about that. Re-listen to to this version. Uh, what I'm going to do on the show notes, I'm actually going to put this wordandworks.org uh, um, transcript of the actual full broadcast. I know that the video was only three minutes long, so it really just kind of gave a synopsis of what he put out there. But I want you guys to think about that and uh, really put God's words into actions here, right? Because that's what I think Paul, that's what Paul is saying. These are the devil's tactics. Yeah. So what, are, what would God's tactics be to to do? To offset it. Fight yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to allow darkness to, to overtake, right? Darkness can never overtake the light. Maybe. It's the lack of light that allows darkness to be per- yep. permanent. So, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to me. I'm so sorry that um, we are doing a part one today and, a, and not a complete thing. But you know what? It always works out the way you want it, Heavenly Father. And and I'm willing to accept that because you know better than I do. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, you bless these young men and women and those who are listening to the podcast. May your spirit lead them and guide them to do what you need them to do, Lord, and be a light to the world. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, uh, for he is our king and savior, and we are wanting to be more like him. And we thank you that you give us opportunities every single day by giving us a uh, blank canvas uh, to be a masterpiece by the end of the day if we follow you, Lord. Lord, thank you. We praise you in the name of your Son, Jesus, and your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This concludes this week's podcast. Just remember, when the world tries to get you to backslide, all you got to say is, Nah, bruh.